You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Whether you're looking for a battery for your truck or batteries for your remote control or trail cameras, Interstate Batteries has you covered. You can visit your local Interstate Battery retail store or you can go to interstatebatteries.com and check out all the information on all the batteries that they offer. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, we have a great podcast on the docket for you today. This uh, is a podcast we've been wanting to record for a long time with uh, Jason Loftus. Uh, Jason is known on Instagram as Untamed Images by JL. And just a quick glance at his page, you can tell that he's got a passion for all wildlife and he has a passion for photography. Jason's an accomplished photographer. Um, he hasn't been doing it for too long, uh, but he is definitely a professional as far as I'm concerned. Jason has a lot of incredible images of all sorts of different wildlife, ranging from wild horses to buffalo, uh, mule deer, elk, moose, waterfowl, you name it, he's been photographing it. Uh, So if you haven't checked out his page, make sure you jump on over to Instagram right now, follow Untamed Images by JL. Go and like some of his stuff. He does sell some of his prints, so if there's something you see on his page or his website, uh, that's in the show notes. You can contact Jason directly to purchase any of that stuff. Um, In the podcast, we talk about a lot of things that Ian and I have been interested in um, as far as some tips and tricks and some tactics to getting some of those shots. So if you're into photography at all or you've been wanting to get into it, this is the podcast for you. Um, if you have any questions after you listen to it, feel free to reach out to Jason directly. Say, hey, man, I checked out your podcast with the Sun Outdoors guys. Um, and go from there. And he, I know he'll be happy to, uh, to talk to you and share what he knows. As always, this podcast is concealed in Kings. Uh, we can't thank Kings Camo enough for sponsoring this podcast, helping us out. They're a great bunch of people, great company to work with. They've been pushing a lot of these uh, springtime um, items. They've got a lot of new products on the docket for a launch um, sometime early this summer. they got some new gloves, some gaiters, uh, pants, shorts, all kinds of stuff coming out. But they also have an awesome collection of just everyday wear from some tri-blend hoodies and tees uh, to just your ridge pant, uh, solid colors, uh, the charcoal or dark khaki. They have it. You're going to look good whether you're at camp, you're at work, you're hunting, you're scouting, setting trail cameras, or just going out for a night on the town with the lady. So, Also, they do have a lot of good ladies gear too, so check that out. When you're shopping at King's Camo, don't forget to use our promo code SAHNOUTDOORS, that's S-A-H-N, OUTDOORS, and you'll save yourself 15% off your entire purchase. Everything. I'm talking sale items, whatever you put in that cart. You're going to get 15% off the price, total price. So thanks, guys, for checking out the podcast. If you don't mind, once you get done listening to it, please leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Tell us what your favorite part of this podcast was in the comments, and you'll have a chance to win some Sawn swag. So without further ado, here's Jason Loftus. 
Yeah. Well, great. We're uh, here <coughs> wrapping up the last day of the Hunt Expo. We're happy to have Jason Loftus in the booth. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for finally yeah. uh, getting with us. It's been crazy busy. Yeah. We've been following, as mentioned earlier, we've been following you on social media for a long time. And we're always like, oh, dude, did you see that post that Jason made on his page? <laughs> yeah. Like, check that picture out. <laughs> awesome. For, for those of you who don't know, let's have Jason uh, give a little... Give us your elevator pitch, who you are, where you come from, <laughs> your background. Not much of an elevator pitch, but uh, <laughs> just a guy that's passionate about wildlife. Um, love to get out and enjoy it any way I can, right? Yeah. So whether that's with my bow or a camera. And to be honest and hard to admit sometimes, but a little bit more with my camera lately, you know. So, yeah, it allows me to get out year-round. Yeah. And uh, wife's real happy about that. You yeah. know, she she likes that. You know, yeah, kidding. But um, she actually asked me every now and then, "What can't you just go back to just hunting? You know, be, just just go back to hunting." And she used to give me grief about hunting. Yeah. Right? So yeah. And you're like, it could be much worse. Watch <laughs> yeah, this. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, just a guy that likes to get out and take photos. You know. So. And where where are you from? Um, I'm from Utah. I live up born in. Born and raised. Yeah, born and raised. I live up in the Ogden area, up in northern Utah. Yeah. Yep, which is awesome because I'm so centrally located to so many right. great places. You know, mm -hmm. just you know, I'm a I'm a skip, you know, hopping a jump to Colorado, to Wyoming, to Montana, you know, yeah. and, and well, Utah's got some amazing places for uh, wildlife photography too. So awesome, pretty fortunate that way. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, how long have you been doing photography? How long have you been taking pictures? So, so uh, seriously, for probably about three, four years. Okay. Um, where I've kind of tried to make a you know a business out of it, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I've had a passion for it for probably about eight years, really. Nice. Um, and it got started from hunting, you know, trying to yeah trying to capture those moments I was out in the field and experiencing, and you know, then it just went all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And it, like, was it something you were like, you know, what I want to take photos and kind of self-taught yourself, or do you have a mentor? Yeah, so a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Um, started out on my own and just thought, you know, what, I'll just tell you the, kind of the, the story. It's kind of been interesting. Yeah. And, I, and actually a lot of my buddies that are in the industry or that are in the photography world um, have come up the same way where you're out hunting and you just see those beautiful sunrises and sunsets and you just see cool things and you just want to capture them, you know. And it started that way with a little point and shoot and thought you know that's just not quite doing it and then well if I get a good camera and a good lens then I, I can take good pictures you know you get that and you realize well that's not doing it so I guess <laughs> I'm gonna have to go learn this game you know I'm yeah. gonna have to learn this this photography thing and see what it's all about so then it just turned into a whole bunch of you know deep diving into um, YouTube videos and trying to just you know follow other people and see what they're doing asking questions reaching out to other guys and a few were willing to help and you know that led to some of my you know mentorships that I'd call you know, they're not official mentorships if right. you will but you know I've got a really good friend uh, Bill Allard who's been a, a really good mentor to me um, and a friend and then Harlan Cooper who's another great wildlife photographer has been a really good mentor to me and then other people that we've just come across and we've got kind of a nice little group of photographers that were all friends and buddies and you know Dale Evans uh, um, Bo Prescorn, Kelly's Wildlife, Kelly Elmer. There's just a lot of us that are just good buddies that love to shoot together and hang out and and uh, help each other out. You know what I mean? So, so it is like hunting camp all year. It really is. No, I'm not even kidding, <laughs> That's right? Way like, cool. We do try to get together a few times. It's nice to have your own stuff, but we try to get out together quite often. 
and uh, just go shoot and hang out. You know, and a lot of it's just about, it's no different than hunting, right? Why do you guys hunt, right? I hunt because it's great quality time for me and my family and my friends. And it's really no different with the photography thing. It's, it's hunting with a camera mm -hmm. and it's the same experiences, same getting together at night, sharing meals, you know, getting up early and cruising around the vehicle and, have, you know, BSing about cool things and experiences. And, you know, it's it's a lot the same kind of thing. So It's without the crappy part after you're down an animal and have right? to pack one I'm, out. Yeah, yeah there's, that's for sure, right? <laughs> now, I enjoy that part of it, too. You know, there's a, there's that's that's a fun part of hunting. It really yeah. is, Yeah. even though it can be a suck fest. You after, know, but, after the fact. Right? Yeah. yeah. That was cool. That was cool. But bragging about the pack out. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, so it's it's very much the same kind of thing. That's very awesome. Cool. Yeah, we should get uh, more into camera camp, dude. Yeah, there go you go. On, go and do a travel camera. around, do some photography. Yeah, yeah, man. Packing like I've always tried to pack a camera on my hunts and with cell phones. I'm like sometimes I'm like it's way lighter. I'm already gonna have it anyway. I don't want to pack a camera. Like the gear and the weight starts becoming like my hindrance, my, my mental block. Yep. Like, I'm like, I'm already packing all this gear, a bow, gun, bullets, whatever, you know, and I'm yep. like, do I want to add all this other gear? And then if I do pack it, it always ends up going in the pack, yep. and I'm never Where pulling it, it out because it's out. like, well, then I'd have to take the pack off and do all this. It's like, yep. I'll just remember that image. Yeah, it becomes, a, it becomes a hassle, right? Yeah. So, right. so yeah, it's hard, it's hard to do, but, you know, <laughs> when you when you see those things and you, you get to a point where it's worth it yeah. right and i have some different options i use you know i always try to have a camera handy because if it's in your pack you're not going to use it like right. you said you already know that when it's in your pack you're not going to take off your pack and dig it out and set up and make a shot yeah so when it's when it's handy and there's options out there and i'm right. a big fan of cotton carrier um cotton carrier works with me pretty closely and they've they've you know they've given me some gear and that to use and i'm just in love with it it's amazing yeah. and that's what i need to do is find some gear i know there's options and i just haven't explored them enough in depth yep uh, but to keep a camera accessible and then i worry about damaging it sure when it's out sure and i'm sure that's still a, a possibility the potential's always going to be absolutely out, right absolutely but with some of these newer, you know, smaller mirrorless cameras mm -hmm. and stuff that you can, you know, they're weather sealed and so on. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry as much about the dust and the snow. I mean, you still got to be careful, right? right? You got to treat your gear good. Excuse me. But, you know, more or less protecting the lens is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the bodies in that now with the weather sealing and stuff, you don't have to worry about the dust. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. So I'm telling you, it's even then, even if you did have some issues where you need to send your camera in after the end of the season to get cleaned, so what? You, know, you had it. Yeah. You had it there. You had the opportunity to get those shots. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just not going to get them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went to That's the true. Meat Eater Live deal they had a couple weeks ago. So did I. Like, did you? Yeah. Did, my did, wife and I how, went. How yeah. did you like that part that where he's great. like, "We send in our cameras to get clean," and they're like, "Yeah." Put that note <laughs> on him. It's like, stop putting this camera in these environments. It's not made for that. <laughs> exactly. They're like. Well, that's well, what we need. So. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Make a camera that goes there then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You fix yeah. the problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, technology, the electronics, and nature have this, like, butting head thing. Like, they they do. don't get along, bro. <laughs> they do, for sure. But. So, yeah, that's – man, I got all these questions going through my head trying to organize them. Um, <laughs> we went on a Colorado uh, mule deer hunt, third season. That's a snowy time of year yep. two years ago, and uh, – that was another hard battle. It's like when the snow started flying, trying to keep the camera out and accessible. Uh, we did have a rain cover on it. Yep. But still, it seemed like it wasn't 
like the ideal setup and stuff. So how, what are some of the ways you combat weather? You know, honestly, I have, this, I have the same kind of thing. I use a lens coat for my big gear. Like if I'm out in the snow, I actually love to shoot in the snow. It's one of my favorite times to shoot. Make for pretty pictures. Makes for amazing pictures, right? It yeah. can. I mean, not always, yeah, but right. it can. If it's snowing too hard, it's yeah. a waste. But you get the right amount of snow with the right size of snowflakes, and it's like, whoa, this is going to be cool. That's some great contrast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, you, again, you just got to be out doing it. You can't, can't you're not going to do it from your couch or from yeah. your vehicle. So, so I, you know, I put on the rain gear, and I have a, a protective uh, lens coat is what it's called that I put over my camera and my gear. And I just get out and go. And that lens coat's kind of nice because with my hood on my lens and the ability to, you know, get inside with the lens coat gear and it keeps the camera covered the whole time so I can still be out there shooting and know that my camera and my gear is all protected. But it's just about getting out and doing it, man. You know, just like everything else. There is no shortcut, right? Trial there is there. no You're magic screw bullet. up. Yep, exactly. You know, so. You might break a camera too, but. You might, yeah. Well, you know, if you're doing it for fun, then that's kind of hard, right? It but is. if you're doing it to make content or to try to make a living, it's another tool. It's what it is, right? Yeah. And you guys ever have problems when damage a gun or a bow because you're out trying to, you know, you, of course you do, right? It happens. So why is a camera any different, right? So right. that's the way I kind of think about yeah. it. It's a tool. Definitely. And I don't want to damage my gear. I try to take good care of it, but sometimes things happen, and it's just part of being out doing it. So. Right. But <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Where, where do you, like, how does the, the whole process work of deciding uh, where to go and, and what to shoot and when? You know, it's really no different than hunting. Uh, I, try to, I try to, you know, I've been very honest with this um, in other podcasts and that. Just, I mean, I go where critters are more tolerant. Um, you know, I shoot parks and this stuff a lot. A lot of photographers do. Yeah. And the reason behind that is just because they're tolerant and it's a, you know, it's a, we were talking before, it's a little bit of the bang for the buck, you know. It's hard to go put five, five days of your time in when you have to use vacation and stuff um, on a wild, a truly wild hunted animal that you may or may not even get a shot of. Right. You may or may not even be able to get close enough to get good images. So people, that's another misnomer. Um, people think that just because you have this great big long lens that you can take a photo from a mile away. You know, this, yeah. my lens is bigger than a spotting scope. So yeah. in their mind, it's like, well, shoot, you can reach way out there. But a 500 millimeter lens, I've still got to be in bow range to, mm -hmm. to get a good shot, you know. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know where I was headed with that now, but <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Just picking the, the places oh, yeah. to go. Yeah, so you gotta, you got to be in, the, in places where the animals are tolerant and, yeah. you know, they're more habituated. And, um, you know, then it's a struggle of um, where do you go? Where's the biggest critters at? You know, what? where's everybody else going? Because you don't want to be getting all the same stuff that the other people are getting. You know, right. it's, a, it's always a battle. It's always a constant so, and it's a little bit like, you know, secret hunting spots, to be quite honest. When you find a good place and you find a good critter, you know, it's a very competitive industry. And you're hoping that you get some of that stuff that nobody else has. So it's, you know, when people ask, hey, where'd you shoot that? It's like, well, Colorado? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Montana? You know, I'll right. tell you, maybe a general area. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, people that know, know. But, you know, other, the other things I like to tell people is I don't like to just, like, I don't put locations on any of my stuff. And it's because of some of that. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, I, I go out and do my homework. It's no yeah. different than hunting. I go out and do my homework. I scout a little bit. Yeah. I, I, you know, I follow other people's pages. I'm, you know, I'm looking for information. And the other people that just want to just, like, just tell me, 
Yeah. You know, it's like, well, no, do a little homework. You can and, figure it and, out. And then we'll talk, right? Yeah. It's no different. Right. It's no different exactly. than hunting, you know. Yeah. A guy that comes to me and asks me about some information about the Mount Dutton or something, because that, that's where I hunted and killed my bull, um, I'm willing, if they've done some homework, I'm willing to help the guy out, you know what I mean? But if they're coming in green with nothing, they haven't put any work in at all, and they just want me to tell them everything, you know, why, why, why would I do that, you know? So, anyways, same kind of thing. Right. But, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been a little curious. I noticed you started, uh, like, shouting people out on your stories and yeah. saying, hey, thanks for the repost. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, a little <laughs> smirky face sometimes, and I wonder <laughs> if people are stealing your stuff and you're calling them out on that. Oh, no, no, no. So that, when I started doing that a while back, it was really just a way in my mind to kind of say thanks, you know, thanks for the, you know, a way that I could get, you know, them sharing my stuff out in front of other people gotcha. without using my page for that because yeah. I'm really I really tried to make my page just be about my photography. Mm-hmm. If you've noticed, I've never posted an ad. I've never posted a you know any any kind of like a shout out to other people or whatever right. on my page. That's that's not what I'm in for. That's not what I'm doing this for. Right. Um, I'm just doing it to share my photography. So I've tried to be true to that. You know, people don't follow my page to see advertisements and stuff. Right. right. So. So that's the the story thing was a way that I could try to say thank you, I guess. I got you. But then I got some feedback from some buddies that were like, dude, all your story is, is you know, just a bunch of shout-outs to these other pages to share your stuff. And it's like, you're no, I don't even want to watch your story anymore. <laughs> so then I was like, well, okay, maybe I need to rethink that too. Yeah. But, yeah, so. but there's times when that happens, you know, people mm-hmm. share an image without, you know, giving me credit or something. And right. That I, burns. I just try to. Well, sometimes I think it's fairly innocent. It's newer accounts, and they don't understand or whatever. Yeah. And I try to reach out to them and just, ex- you know, educate them, say, there look, man, go. I don't care if you share my stuff, but I expect this from you. You know, tag me, you know, give me the photo credit. You know, otherwise, you're stealing it, my stuff, you know. So right. I don't want to turn your page in. You know, I kind of throw that little right. out there. <laughs> I will, but I will, don't want to. But I don't want to. Just fix it, please. And then in the future, just please respect that, you know. Gotcha. And usually that, that does the trick, you know. Yeah. So. Well, it is annoying. There's a lot of pages out there that you look at their content, and you're like, is this, like, an awesome photography page? Is this guy a photographer? Like, you you know, if you stumbled on your page or something. But, like, then you start looking, and it's like, no, these are clearly images that they've reposted, and it's just a repost page. And I'm like, what? What are you building here? Like, what's, yeah. your, what's your game? What's yeah, your goal? I, I often wonder. It's annoying. I know. It is very annoying. And there's a lot of them out there. I mm-hmm. like seeing the pictures. I'm, I'm not, like, discrediting any of that. Like, sure. awesome photography. But I'm like, man, give the credit where the credit's due. Sure. And right. I, I have a problem with building your brand solely off of other people. Like, I don't know. It yeah. just runs me no, wrong. So, so that's why me. we were wondering. We're like, yeah. when he gives these shout-outs and the little smirky face, we're like, is it kind of like, <laughs> well, thanks. Here. Like, you could <laughs> at least give me credit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there <laughs> might have been a few of them that were like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Not, neither confirm or deny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh. No, it's it's frustrating to me when you see that, you know, and it's this whole Instagram thing. You got a lot of guys that want to be insta famous, <laughs> right? Whatever, and yeah. it's like the reason they're making an account is because they want to have free gear, they want to have, you know, they want to have uh, be a pro staffers, whatever, whatever all the crap is out there, right? You know, and you know, you get people as you get a bigger account, which I've found, you get people reaching out to you for that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's their game, right? right they yeah. want to try to build a big account, and they oh, want yeah. to start getting those kind of deals. Right. But that's not why I did my Instagram. So, you know, yeah. I, I pretty much stay away from most Sharing of that stuff. Sharing your passions. Exactly. That's all yeah. it's about. So that's cool. But Give us a little rundown of your, like, typical gear mm-hmm. setup you're packing 
into a location to, to photograph. Photograph? Yeah. Yeah, so actually I've, I've started getting um, more into the, like some ph photography backpacks. Mm -hmm. Um, they're they're legit. They're uh, you know it's <laughs> they have all there's the a little place sections for them. And they have all the little sections. They'll hold a bigger lens. Yeah. They'll hold extra gear. You know the ones that come to mind are uh, Mind Shift gear and uh, F Stop gear. Um, those are two yeah. companies that make some amazing backpacks like that for those things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's really you know just loading up my camp. I usually try to take um, my big lens, my 500 millimeter, which is my baby, and two bodies and another lens which is like the two to five hundred and then i always try to have like a landscape lens on me as well just because you never know and then i i always have some filters in my bag so if i want to do some landscape stuff i have some options there and then extra gear like extra batteries extra you know memory cards things like yeah. that um, and then i try to you know have a pack that can hold all that and like i said i use the cotton carrier a lot so i can try to keep one camera handy at all times even when i am hiking um, that cotton carrier rig's awesome it's a chest rig and it has a little clip on the back that you just slide into the slot and turn and it locks it in and so it's awesome it just and you can you can strap it down and it holds it against your body and as you're hiking and stuff it's just right there's tight yeah and if you need it it's literally just a quick boom lift up and you're shooting so that's an awesome option for hiking and stuff and being out in the back country and that but. that's something i've struggled with like you were saying it's just hard to because you put everything in your bag and everything and we went over this already but I'm gonna have to look into that cotton carrier because yeah. that sounds well. You know, exactly and we're not like solely going for. out to photograph things. Right. Most of the time, we're it's that's part of the journey. Like we're, we have another purpose in mind to, yeah. to hunt or so fish or whatever. Yeah. I don't be holding the camera the whole time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But they also make a cut. Well, just look them up. They, I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to definitely. do an advertisement for <laughs> cotton carrier here, right? But no. But, but I think they, this is it's something. A, it's a tool, yeah. right? That's yeah. I've found that's very useful. Yeah. And you know, they make they make ones that hook to your backpack strap. Yeah. So you don't have to have the big chest rig. A chest rig would be more for like a bigger setup, mm -hmm. but a smaller point and shoot type setup. You know, they make a they make a sling that goes just on one side of your chest, or they make a, a backpack connector or a belt loop connector, and it's all the same concept. You know, you could actually have it on your belt on the side, and it just swings and swivels down and, and hangs there, okay. and it's locked I, in. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, there's other companies yeah. that make it other yeah. than Cotton Carrier, but right. Cotton Carrier is just the one that I've found that works best for me. So. Perfect. But yeah, you know, and then obviously all your gear, you know, I, you know, I, I do wear camel quite a bit when I'm shooting wildlife just because, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to stay somewhat stealthy and try to, you know, you're still trying to sneak in on the animals. You got to try to be, you know, get close enough to get. Play the wind? Or is that? Is that sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that can be kind of a struggle with photography, right? Because yeah. from a hunting standpoint, all you care about is getting the shot. Yeah. From a photography or video standpoint, you got to be paying attention to the light too. Yeah. So if the light and the wind are fighting each other, that can be a that can be a pain in the butt. Right? I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but you know, a lot of these, and, and you know, to, to go back to the park bull thing, right, or whatever park critters, a lot of that doesn't play so much into the park animals. Yeah, they're a little bit more. They're a little mellow, more tolerant. Yeah. They're used to smelling people and cars and all that crap, right? They 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 don't. It doesn't phase them too much. But the little bit of time I've spent trying to chase critters off road. Or in, I wouldn't say in the true backcountry. That's not. I mean, I'm, I'd be lying if I said that. But away from the road, um, a buddy of mine, Dale and I, we went and chased some velvet bulls one time, and it was in a park, but it was off trail. And those bulls, when they got away from the road, they you could have just. They might as well have been, you know, in the middle of the Manti, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were just as wild as could be. They wouldn't let us get within a hundred yards of them. Dang. You know, so we we chased some things around for literally like seven miles that day. <laughs> In you know off road, so and it's we, not as easy as it may sound. Well, sometimes. and here's the here's the kicker, 
if we've chased them in a big circle, about seven miles, we got back and they were down by the pond where we started. And then they got back down by the road and they let us shoot them for an hour or so. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so we chased them. Yeah, right. We chased them for seven miles <laughs> they, and we just stayed put. We wouldn't have had to. Camera face. Right. So yeah. It was just, it was like, you know, live and learn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Kind of funny. Do you take multiple camera bodies or do you pretty much use the same body? No, I always have learned to take, you know, it's not every guy can do it. It gets spendy, but you know, I've invested in quite a bit right. of camera gear at this point and uh, always take a spare body. Um, I always usually have, like I said, two setups ready to roll. Yeah, um, with a different lens with on it. With a different it, lens yeah. on it, yeah. But Are, now you're mostly using mirrorless, is that? No, I haven't nope. gone the mirrorless yet. Oh, okay. I mean, it's coming, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I keep seeing the technology progressing, and, you know, there's some really good product out there that is mirrorless. But I'm a Nikon guy. Nikon just came out with a couple new mirrorless cameras. Okay. I haven't gone there yet. Gotcha. Um, I'm still holding on to the, I don't know what, what it is, looking mm -hmm. it through the viewfinder and, and seeing that live image that's there's something to that for me i like um, it too i don't know why either you know but a lot of guys like well yeah but with the mirrorless you get you see what you get you know if you're adjusting your you know in that live view through the viewfinder you're seeing it you're seeing exactly what your exposure is going to look like and exactly you know it's like i get that but you know that to me part of the fun is the challenge of mm -hmm. <laughs> understanding what your setting should be and all that you know so i spent a lot of time learning how to shoot in manual mm -hmm. and understand what all that does to give me what i need and so i don't know i it, it's going there there's no question i don't think if you ask anybody i don't think anybody would argue that that technology is going to get to the point where that's going to be the way to go because everything's so much smaller lighter and i mean it's hard to argue when i've seen some of these setups that the camera is just so much smaller than dslr and, and the lens is, you know, literally like, you know, I don't know, eight inches long, and it's a one to 400, and, it you know, the whole setup weighs three or four pounds. And I'm hauling around something equivalent that weighs 14 pounds, yeah. you know. So that's huge, especially talking about, like, what you can put on your pack and have available to you if you're out hunting. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's, a, really that's night and day, yeah. right, you know. So I can't haul around a gun and a bow or a gun or a bow and my big tripod and my big 500-millimeter lens. It just doesn't work, you know. So yeah, there's a there's definitely a place for mirrorless, and it's coming. I'm sure. Uh, what what percentage would you say of the time you're using a tripod when you're shooting? I, I'm from the school of you know using a tripod as much as I can. Um, I do shoot a lot of handheld too now with one of my rigs. Uh, my two to five hundred, my D810, allow me to shoot handheld quite a bit, and I can get some really good images. But and and the VR, the, you know, the vibration reduction that comes with a lot of the newer lenses and cameras. Is pretty amazing. Is that very similar yeah. to the IS image stabilization? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in the Nikon world, it's a VR. VR. Okay. So Canon. Yeah. Nikon. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. But no, it's same thing, okay. right? So the vibration reduction, image stabilization, same thing. But it's it's amazing. It's come a long way. So now, I mean, I can, you know, when you're shooting at 500 millimeters, the rule of thumb is that you should be at least at that same shutter speed. So if you're shooting 500 millimeters to avoid shake and camera movement, you should be at least at one 500th of a second on your shutter. So now, I mean, I've had situations where I've been able to shoot, you know, clear down way below 500 at 500 millimeters and still get crisp images handheld, wow. which is crazy. Yeah. Right? That's just yeah. like, you know, so I don't like to do that, right? I try to always play that rule of thumb in that. But when situations, you know, require it and you need the extra light, you can still get away with, you know, shooting it. It's it's amazing the technology where it's come. Yeah. But but now that being said, when I have my 500 millimeter, or if I'm trying to do any kind of video, I'm definitely on a tripod. You know. So. 
and shooting waterfowl and stuff like that, birds in flight. Yeah. Wa- um, tripod for sure, a wow. gim- with a gimbal head. Yeah, I have yeah. tried that a little bit. I was up working in uh, southwest Idaho uh-huh. uh, near some really great wetland area. And at the time, all the ducks were, were just flocking in there like crazy. And I was like, i got to go take pictures. And I thought I was getting some good stuff freehand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had my shutter speed just super quick and uh you know through the little viewfinder the little um lcd yeah. display is like oh man like i got a good shot and then i blow it up and it like just a little blurry around edges and stuff yeah like it's tough and a lot yeah. of the times that's like low light conditions which makes yeah. it even harder to yep. get the yep. the image to turn out yeah. that's i'm having the same problem yeah the same problem and i found that um if i just go like a sport mode on my on my camera it's doing better. I mean, I'm very amateur, first sure. of all. So my manual settings are just probably... You'd probably <laughs> laugh if you ever looked at the settings on it. But uh, I'm, I'm getting the best stuff on, on wildlife just with the sport mode, just yeah. because it's so doing better than I am. What camera are you shooting? Uh, I have the Canon T5i, Rebel T5i. Oh, okay. So it's not so an expensive body by any means. very entry level, but sure. still a decent... From what I've seen, they're... they're Oh, they can make amazing images, man. I, guess, Last I yeah. ran into a guy who's shooting the same body, and he, at first, he was talking, he was like, yeah, I was shooting something really, really, really entry level. And he's like, and then I splurged and got a, a better body and some stuff. And so I asked him about his gear, and he, his better body was the T5i. Huh. And he's a landscape photographer, and he showed me a bunch of his stuff, and his page is fantastic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, that's a, lot, that's a common misnomer. I mean, yeah, I'm so in the Nikon world. The entry level DSLR they have is a is a D3500, I think, is now mm-hmm. what version it's up to. But uh, it's a very entry level DSLR, and it can it takes amazing photos. I mean, it's you yeah. you don't you can take amazing photos with about any decent camera out there. Right. So it's not the camera that's doing. That's what the people just you know you got to get that through your head. Right. It's not the gear helps. Don't get me wrong. They're tools. They allow you to do different things more effectively. You know, with better. Um, Image stabilization, better um, ISO performance, better you know, better sensors, <laughs> things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you can still make good images yeah. with a very cheap setup. Well, that's so. That's the thing. I, so I know because I'm talking to this guy that my camera is capable of great things. Sure. It's me that's the problem, <laughs> and so I'm wondering what the problem might be then. You know. Well, it's just you know what it is in my opinion, and I'm not. It's not a problem, first of all. Sure. It's just a point where you're at in your journey of learning how to do photography, right? right? And to me, like I tell guys all the time, there is no shortcut. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I've had some mentors that have helped me and given me pointers and tricks, and when I'm out hanging out with guys, believe me, I'm listening to every little thing they're saying. I'm trying to pick up any little nuggets of knowledge I can. Yeah. But it really just comes down to time in the field, experience with your gear, understanding when you do this in these conditions this is the result and then you know piecing that all together in your mind and becoming you know where that that database is there that you can pull from every time you have something come up right. you know and and there's no shortcut it just i wish there was i thought there was when i first got into it and i learned real quick that there's not yeah. you just got to pay your dues and get out and learn but right. but you know so practicing right don't just practice on wildlife when you're out doing wildlife stuff, because how often are you doing that, honestly? Rarely. Practice on, you know, do you got kids? I do, and I do this. Do they play sports? Uh, she does dance, yeah. So practice on that? I do. So that's awesome, yeah. you know. You got pets? Yep, and I take pictures of the dogs <laughs> in the backyard. There you go. And so. there's even, so I'm living in Denver, and I 
you can't hurt the squirrels out there. Yeah. So you just got to take pictures of them. Yeah. And I put peanut butter on the fence, and I'll sit in the backyard and just watch the squirrels and try. I practice on the squirrels. Nice. So, so you're, you're, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, you're getting the time behind the lens, and you're playing with settings, and you're figuring out what things do, right? I'm so. trying. But I still get that, like he's saying, McKay was saying, it's just that little blurry. Like, I think I've got a good shot. Yeah. And I can't, I don't know if it's uh, me shaking or if it's uh, just my focus is off. Sure. So I'm kind of wondering, too, this is a good question for you, I guess. Are you trusting the camera's autofocus, or are you trying to focus manually as much as possible? No, I've, I'm super dependent on the camera's autofocus. And so that's one thing that does get better with a higher body, right? The, mm -hmm. the more money you put into a camera, the better the autofocus system, the better the sensor is. Um, there is something to be said for that, for sure. So I rely a lot on, on that uh, autofocus system. Gotcha. But... but you know, there's not, I know a lot of guys that shoot manual too. You right. Know, and they, that's how they were, tr that's how they were raised on yeah. it. That's how they learned whatever, and they don't like the autofocus. They don't trust it. Whatever. Right. right? Well, sometimes so, it's, it's not fast enough either. Sure. Sometimes it just doesn't know what it's trying to do. Sure. Well, and that's like I said, especially on a body like that, for sure. Right. But Mine's these these higher end bodies, I'm telling you, it's crazy how fast their autofocus systems are and how many and, and the, how accurate they are. I mean, and so those are the kind of things you gain when you start investing more right. money and in, you know into bodies and stuff like that. But I'm sure, the lens plays a lot into that as well, right? Sure, because the yeah. lens has to be compatible with whatever capabilities the body. Yeah, if you if you buy a you know like a like my two hundred to five hundred is an awesome lens, but it's a five six aperture, and so it's not it's not and it doesn't it's this the autofocus through that lens even with a good body isn't near as good as like my five hundred f four. Mm -hmm. That 504 is just, it's quick, man. If I, if I get on something, it's, it's there. It, boom, it's there. So the f-stop plays a lot into how the autofocus is going to work? Well, I think it's just the, the ability of the lens. It's not just the f-stop. That's, gotcha. that's not the only part of it, right? Okay. It's the, you know, it's like, let me give you the difference. <laughs> that, <laughs> that 500 millimeter lens is the cost of like a freaking car, right? It's like yeah. a $10,000 lens. Wow. The 200 to 500 is a $1,200 lens. So it's it's really just you know how they built them, the build quality, what they're what you're going to get for it. But that two to five hundred lens is an amazing lens for the money. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is tack sharp and it's it does a great job. I, I use it all the time. That that has become my go-to lens because it's so light and I got that zoom range, and I can get you know a, a number of different shots with that one lens. Right. So it's it's become my go-to, and it's a cheap lens. So cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> mine's yeah, cheaper. Yeah. Twelve twelve hundred bucks is still not cheap, but right. when you're talking about you know um, uh, focal or zoom lenses mm -hmm. that you know for longer distance stuff, it's a pretty good, pretty gotcha. good, good, pretty good price, pretty cheap. But. So are you using uh, like third-party lenses at all? You know, I I don't have a problem with it. I've never really gone there. I've always been a guy that's used you know been for whatever reason. It's just a mental thing for me, whatever. But I've like always been a guy. Your camo. Yeah, right. Well, I don't even do that. It's funny. I'm yeah. I don't even do that. I don't care about it. But um, but yeah, I've just always been a an OEM kind of kind of guy. Gotcha. Um, but you know, I've got a buddy that shoots with a sixty or a one fifty to six hundred um, Sigma Sport, and mm -hmm. that's a, I think it's about a two thousand dollar lens, and that and he loves it, yeah. swears by it, and he shoots Canon bodies, and he has a Canon six hundred millimeter lens, and you know an f four lens, and. He shoots at 150 to 600 more than he shoots any of the other stuff. So I mean, they, they those those second party or third party lenses have come a long way, yeah. and they've got some. They're starting to really compete. I mean, that's why you're they seeing are. Nikon and Canon coming out with some of these other lenses mm -hmm. that are trying to compete with that because they're seeing them come after them a little bit. You know. So. Yeah. 
I got uh, really researching a zoom lens this last year, uh -huh. and um, my price range is way lower than what you're talking here. Yeah. Um, but just kind of going back and forth between like Canon and then comparing that with some of the Sigma and the Tamron lenses. Mm -hmm. um, some of the Tamron stuff, and actually, I actually went with the Tamron lens. It, it was yeah. outperforming the same, uh, like the comparable Canon lens. Sure. Um, sure. And for half the price. Yeah. And, and you're then buy it on that. a used website. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Save even more money. Yep. I got a screaming deal on what yeah. should have been a $1,200 lens. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, the 150 to 6, is that the one you're talking about? No, I got the, uh, it's just a 70 to 300. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And for so somebody on a budget that really wanting to try to get into this and not break the bank trying to figure out if they like it, you know, you can. You can go buy, you buy a, you know, one of that Canon or the, on the Nikon world, a D3500. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get a, the whole kit for like four or 500 bucks. Right. You don't have to break the bank to get into this, you know, and to, to see if you really like it. Yeah. And there's, you know... I'm I'm a believer that you'd want to you know if you can find a used one that's great but you don't know, get you a Tamron or a Sigma 150 to 600 that's a great lens for wildlife you know and then just go out and start playing around and see if you see if you like it you know and then if you like it be careful because then you're going to get addicted and then <laughs> you're going to start going to this path where you you know you, like everybody else that gets caught up in the gear thing yeah. and then you're going to want the latest yeah. and greatest right so <laughs> it's all a rabbit hole that's it the is. hard part about all of it that we do <laughs> too many expensive hobbies yep. Yeah. So when you're doing hunting and photography, you can imagine yeah. the cost, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> when you were getting into it um, and, and learning and stuff and looking back on that, what are some things that you wish someone would have told you or helped you understand better or something you know now that, yeah, like when you were coming through learning photography, you, you would have known that would have helped improve your photography? Well, so a couple of things. I think for a long time, a lot of guys have been really kind of tight-lipped about it, you know, just like not wanting to share their knowledge. And I'm seeing a change in that more and more lately. But because of the couple guys that were willing to reach out to me and willing to help me, I really try to be the guy that's trying to, you know, you know, pass that on. Yeah. And I'm more than happy to try to help anybody I can. I mean, I just, is there's no secret, right? There, why is there a secret, you know? I wish that guys would have told me up front to, to take the time to learn manual right off the bat. Don't mess around with auto. Don't mess with that crap. You're not going to get what you want. If you really want to get what you need, then you're going to have to learn to be manual so you have full artistic control of your camera. I wish that I'd have known that up front for sure. I wish that I'd have known if when I was serious about it to go ahead and invest in the better stuff right up front. I'd have saved myself a lot of money. <laughs> you know, if yeah. I'd have just, if, instead of doing all the iterations yeah. and just bought that stuff up front, I'd have been way better off. Gotcha. Um, you know, so there's some things like that that I think. But like I said, other than that, it's there's no shortcut you know you've still got to get out you still got to go shoot you still got to just learn the process and someone can even tell you settings and things to do Correct. aperture shutter speed and all that but unless Correct. you're actually figuring it out playing with it Correct. you don't know what they're talking Correct. about right? and we i was actually just talking to a buddy of mine yesterday about that over at my booth and we were talking about you know people ask you what were your settings on that shot mm -hmm. and it's like I'll tell you, but it's not really going to help you much. It's not going to give because, you the same shot. Well, you don't know. I mean, so many things vary, right? Yeah. What's what's the heat waves doing that day? How far away from the animal are you? Where? What time of day is it? What's the light like? What's the you know? It's so situational. Right. And where those kind of settings do come into play, where it's helpful, I think, is like some landscape stuff, where you know people are doing some some uh, silky water or something like that, right? And then understanding kind of a baseline of settings to try to understand. But you're never, in my opinion, going to be able to say, 
hey, I took that elk shot at these settings, now go, no, go recreate it. It's just not going to happen, you know. So I'm more than willing to share my settings, but you'll see some pages that they share their settings in every post. And I just have not taken the time to do that just because everything's so situational. Right, right. Then someone's no. going to be like, well, hey, I used the settings. How come my shot didn't turn out? And you're going to be like, all right. here, well, what was the situation? <laughs> you know, and, and there's all those variables that play into it, right, that you just can't control. And you don't know without being there, you know. So, so yeah, it's kind of hard. But yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to photograph? Boy, Elker, Elker, right up there. But I'm, I'll, there's there's three or uh, four. I kind of you know it's kind of keeps growing. But <laughs> um, um, elk are far by far my favorite to photograph, and it's the same reason that's my favorite thing to hunt. Is just the you know the during the rut. Yeah. There is nothing better than spending you know a week with those critters out there in the woods, you know screaming and bugling and chasing everybody you know chasing cows around and fighting and all that stuff. I mean it's just, it just doesn't get any better in my opinion. You know, I've mentioned it on a few of my posts before, but when you've got a bull at 20 yards and he bugles in your face and you can, like, literally feel the bugle, (laughs) it, and, you know, you can see the breath coming out of his mouth on a cold, crisp fall morning with the colors and, you know, just go on and on. It's amazing. Yeah. And those are moments that are seared into your brain forever, man. And if that doesn't touch you, you know what I mean? Come on, you know. (laughs) You're not alive, you know. Pick a new so, hobby if it's not getting you. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's my favorite. And then mule deer are a very close second. Um, and then I love my waterfowl. I love my waterfowl, man. I just, there's yeah. nothing cooler than a, you know, flock of geese or ducks. You know, with the wings cupped, locked, oh, and coming man. in on love you, and that. just, dude, it just, yeah, gets the, gets. I'm getting me excited right now yeah. talking <laughs> about it, right? But, um, so I love that. And then, and I love the challenge of wildlife or waterfowl photography for sure. Yeah. Um, and then uh, sheep. Sheep have become, man. They're a cool critter, aren't they? <laughs> They're amazing. I've fallen in love with them. It might be easier to name things you don't like to photograph. It might be. It might be. It's a shorter list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm, oh, I'm an opportunistic photographer for sure, man. I'll, yeah. I'll spend time with a squirrel, like you said. I mean, if they're mm-hmm. doing something cool, I don't have a problem. I mean, I'll, whatever, birds, birds yeah. I've never seen, I, I don't care. I'm not that guy. And it's funny. There's things I'll post on my page that – you know, people just don't even, you know, don't get any likes at all. And that, I don't care. That's how I'm doing it. But it, it's funny to see what people mm-hmm. like and what people don't like, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that, you know, people that like wildlife, some people, all they care about is a big bull elk or a big mule deer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll post a photo of a doe or a cow that's, you know, it's a beautiful animal. And, you know, there's nothing, no love, you know. <laughs> and it just, it yeah. makes me laugh. Because right? it didn't yeah. have antlers. Or yeah, something. exactly, yeah. right? And yeah. so, yeah, but. Yeah, I was working up in Wyoming a couple of years ago, and I was working in this uh, this little community set up right in the foothills in Wyoming, uh-huh. up in the Star Valley area. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, so the animals that come in there, they have no pressure, right? It's kind of like a little park preserve sure. feeling. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I, there were some great bucks in there. I had my camera in my truck all the time. But one of my favorite photos from there is I had this little young doe, uh-huh. and she was, like, feeding off some trees. And, like, I got well, – I was able to get super close. Yeah. And so now you got all the detail that really, like, makes an image pop, right, yep. and gets yep. people's attention. And she's just sitting there picking leaves off this tree. And <laughs> that was one of my favorite things to photograph. And yeah. I got some cool pictures of some big bucks. Yeah. Like, hey, that yeah. was cool. And then the, there was a fox, too, at the same location. Yeah. yeah. I had fun watching that thing. See, you get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, I love, like, especially in winter, I love the coyotes and the foxes. And, you know, bison are another favorite of mine. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a much, much <laughs> better shorter list. Than, yeah, so. <laughs> that That's interesting to me, too, the, the coyotes. I was mm-hmm. looking on your page and saw you had a really cool frontal shot on this coyote kind of sneaking around the sagebrush. It's yeah. like, 
Um, was that just like right place, right time? It seems like coyotes are would be a tough thing to photograph. They they can yeah. be so for sure. Wily for e even some of the park ones can be really tough, yeah. you know. But do coyotes ever get with the park animals you mentioned? Do they ever get more used to people, or are they always just kind of no? They wily? do no, no. They do. They get they get pretty tolerant too. And gotcha. a lot of it depends. Like we were just up in Yellowstone not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, and right now this time of year is their mating season. And okay. so, you know, you can catch some kind of neat behaviors, right, this time of year. Getting territorial. But, yeah, but the, the, so the females are, it's no different than the other animals. Like the females don't really want to be around people, but the male is so intent on her that they could care less about people. You know what I mean? So we, get, we got some pretty cool shots this, this last, you know, couple of weeks ago, some coyotes, you know, that were cool. pretty tolerant, pretty close in that. But yeah. it's hit and miss. You know, it's like anything. Yeah. You'll see a couple and they don't want anything to do with you, and then you'll have one that will walk literally. I've had a coyote, no joke walk within two feet of me walk right by me you know just like whoa okay dude whatever man. <laughs> i guess you're good i'm good you know <laughs> so that's awesome matter of fact i'll tell you a really quick funny story this is hilarious we were in the park and a coyote was walking down the road and so i got out and i took a couple low you know low angle shots and it's walking down the road and there's a lady down the street down the road a little bit with her camera and i knew the you know, coyotes they're not gonna, they're not worried about you right they're not going to try to attack you or anything right and it's walking down the road and this lady it's just walking right towards this lady because she's in the way <laughs> and it was going to do that like i've had him do to me like let's walk right by her and well she starts freaking out panicking she's grabbing her camera she almost slips and falls i'm like lady lady relax she's like that i'm like it's not gonna attack it just relax so she finally just because she was slipping she stopped and you know coyote walked right by her but she was like panicking she thought she was going to get eaten alive or something by this coyote it was yeah probably Anyways, a little lack of experience a lack of experience him. being around him and that yeah. yeah not being able to understand their body language whatever right but yeah, yeah. it was it was i don't know was, i felt bad for it but it was funny that sounds <laughs> extremely comical yeah that brings up uh, something that uh i'm glad i you, we had that conversation because i've had this question forever yeah and i forgot about it <laughs> had, do you feel that being a, a photographer of wildlife has helped you become a better hunter in any means learning animal behavior you know i think yeah i would say the short answer yes especially with the elk yeah you know i've i've gotten to witness some crazy cool things with elk that i would have never ever experienced just from a hunting standpoint especially like even during the rut um so yeah i mean i've i've witnessed um cows bugling what? did you know cows bugle i've no. heard that i've heard them bark yeah. So I've heard them, like, full-on bugle. Wow. Like, not with the chuckle and everything, yeah. right, but literally bugle. And I was blown away that that came from a cow. And I, I witnessed it. Right? Watched I it. wish I'd have got it on video. <laughs> yeah. But I witnessed it. And did you know that, that bulls will mew? I did not. No. So, I mean, I've, I've seen bulls hiss. I've seen them. I mean, I've seen some cool stuff out there yeah. doing this stuff, right? Because I just, you're out there day in and day out. All I mean, For, like, me, I spend nine days a year on the elk rut. Like, I take a whole week off of work, and I'm Friday night to Sunday night, I'm spending with elk in the rut. And so when you do that over a four-year period, that's a lot of days. You know, you're, what, close to 40 days in the field with elk all day long yeah. in the middle of the rut. So you get to see some pretty cool things. That is get cool. more opportunity. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, so you do, you learn a little bit more about their behaviors and, you know, when they're doing their glunking thing, what are they really doing, you know? And what does that mean? You know, when they, when they're posturing in that certain ways, you can, you start to learn that they're actually talking They're They're telling the cows something, right? Mm -hmm. You know, just, or they're telling other bulls something, whatever. But yeah, so I, I would say, yes, it's helped me understand their, their, um, what they're doing better and maybe give me a better chance of when I see that to understand what's going on. 
but I don't know that it's made me a better hunter necessarily. I would say probably the reverse, that being a hunter first has probably made me a better wildlife photographer because that experience in hunting already kind of had a head start going into the game, so to speak, of understanding a baseline of kind of what some animal behaviors. But what's crazy is just when you think you understand elk, right, even from a <laughs> photography standpoint, yeah. guess what? You don't understand elk. <laughs> It, they'll do something that'll tro- you know totally throw a wrench in what you thought you know yeah. you're like well I guess that theory's out the window but, you know <laughs> but yeah so it's pretty cool but I would think just all the extra time you're spending in the field that you're saying practice and stalking and uh, just getting close and yeah quiet and everything just paying attention to the wind and the weather yes would have made you a better hunter that way yeah and I so I think you know yeah I think it has right it's hard it's to argue practice. that it probably has not made me a better hunter that way but what's funny is <laughs> the more I've done the photography thing the less I'm doing the hunting thing and it's kind of a weird deal I I've never I was the guy that I never thought I would be wanting to put my bow down more and pick up a camera more. I mean, I just never thought I'd be that guy. Yeah. But now I'm, a, I'm kind of at a point now, cause my, kids are, my kids love to hunt, so I still hunt with them. Um, and if we can draw some decent tags, and if I can draw a good tag, I'm all about it, don't get me wrong. But I'm almost to the point now where I love the meat. I'd just as soon get me a cow tag, a late-season cow tag, where it doesn't interfere with photography season, <laughs> go out and put me a cow in the freezer so I have that awesome elk meat, and then focus my efforts on helping my kids with their hunts and, fo- and doing photography. Which is kind of crazy, cool. man. It's That's weird. Cool. I mean, I yeah. No, it's an evolution of, uh, of hunting and passion. I think it is, you know, right? And I still, believe me, I love the animals. They're yeah. amazing. And, and I love them both ways. They're amazing, and they taste amazing, yeah. right? So I'm still, I mean, I'll, I'll probably always be a hunter. Yeah. But, you know, just for different reasons now, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, it's weird. It's it's not the same thing. Anybody that tells you it's the exact same thing as shooting an animal with a bow as it is with a camera, I mean, they're probably, they're lying to you, Right. But it's close. It's hard to explain. But when you get an, a, a shot like that one there on that cover, mm-hmm. you know, when you get a shot like that and you feel like, wow, that's amazing. You know, you get that same rush, that same uh, comp sense of accomplishment, that same everything. You know, everything came together and it, and it happened. Yeah. So it's hard to – it's not quite the same because you're not taking an animal's life, right? Right. And there's a, there's a reverence and a different thing about that. But it is very close, you know, so mm-hmm. it's hard to explain to people. But <laughs> Yeah, something you got to So I get, that, I get that feeling multiple times in a season. I don't get it just once when I feel my tag. I'm right. jealous. Right? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. No, I get you. I went out, um, well, first of all, back to you saying you like the wild or the, the wetland the waterfowl, waterfowl stuff. Waterfowl, yeah. yeah. I was started seeing some of your posts from that, uh-huh. and it's just, it's cool. Well, thanks. Something about, all all your stuff's great. Thanks. First no. of all, but I started seeing those come in uh-huh. a little while back, and was like, that just looks like something I want to do. Cool. Yeah. And I, for work, traveling a lot, I found a tree that has bald eagles in it. Okay. Until you take a camera over there, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've I've tried to pack the camera to to work a lot and and pass this tree and on the way home and just try to take some shots. Um, haven't been able to meet the the eagles yet with the camera, yeah. but. Um, Started chasing a few hawks and some things, and uh-huh. um, went out there playing with settings. Uh-huh. Um, but also, that's just kind of a side note how this all sort of started. But sure. I wanted to start getting some elk shots and things, and I knew that Colorado's got a lot of opportunity for that. Sure. And um, you've probably been up here, Estes Park. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised. I had never been, been out in Colorado for two and a half years almost, and finally went out and didn't know what to expect. 
but ran into elk almost immediately. Uh-huh. And they're just calm as can be and got, I don't know, I think I counted almost almost 50 bulls that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a good day. Some of them far off and some then of some of them pretty close. Yeah. And I got some what I thought were just going to be some amazing shots. Sure. But then again, run into that blurry issue. We're sure, about. sure, sure. All the edges are. Yeah. That's a learning thing. Then, right. But yeah. Um, yeah. I forget what the, the point of that was. I guess just just getting out and just getting after it. like uh, Yeah, I mean, seriously. So, and, and from a setting standpoint, I mean, you can give guys some general ideas of what kind of settings to use, right? Sure. I mean, and that does help. Like for you, for example, with the, the birds and that, and you guys are talking about a little bit of the blur. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on the bird, like for me with, with ducks, to really freeze the motion, you know, you got to be up in that one two thousandths of a frame kind yeah, of a quick. shutter speed. Yeah. And it's pretty quick, right? And so if you got some light issues, that's tough. You know, you're fighting your ISO, you're fighting your aperture, mm-hmm. and you want your aperture to be a little bit higher too, just because you want to make sure you get all the bird in focus too. And that also helps with you know when you your aperture, if you understand aperture right, you 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 widen that band of focal plane. Mm-hmm. And if you go like, if you're shooting at like f 5.6 or f 8, now your plane's bigger. So if your focus is a little bit off on your auto, you still have a better chance of getting the whole bird in focus. Does that make sense? It does. So so when you're trying to shoot at f8 and one two thousandths of a second, if you don't got good light, you know you're having to crank your ISO up pretty high. So, but under, so understanding those right. kind of things, right? That's that's the that's the challenge. Absolutely. Is, and and so with those with those bowls, you know, I like to be around you know one eight hundredth of a second or one one thousandth of a second if I can, mm-hmm. um, to help with any kind of camera shake I might have, and to make sure I'm trying to freeze that motion. Yeah. You know, and that's and, and you can you can get away with lower, but you know, I'd rather crank my ISO up a little bit and, um, you know, have that shutter speed up where I want it to make sure I'm not going to have a lot of those blurry type images. So right. a lot, of, like I said, a lot of that's just to your point, it's just experience and understanding like, well, I tried that and this was my settings. And when you go into Lightroom or whatever, look at those settings and see what it did for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't just edit photos. Look at the settings and look what it did for you. And then learn from that. Right. You know, the next time say, well, and if, if it's camera shake that you're having, then you know you need to focus on your technique. Right. You know, and then you can start thinking about, and it's no different than shooting a rifle. You know, long-range rifle, guys, it's all about, you know, your breathing and your cheek weld and you're squeezing the trigger right and all that, right? Well, it's no different with a camera. I mean, when you're shooting at super slow shutter speeds, if you're, if you're doing this and you're moving every time you click the shutter, of course you're going to get some blur. You know, it's no different. So I mean, you don't need yeah. the cheek weld, you don't need the breathe, all that, right? <laughs> but you need to focus on your um, your um, your uh, form, right? Gotcha. You got you've got to have good form when you're shooting a camera, and it's crazy. I never, th- you know, these are all things I learned over the years that, mm-hmm. you know, it does matter. Yeah. You can't, you know, and like with this new camera, I just got the D850. I've had it for about a year now, and I'd, I love that camera, but it taught me real quick. I suck with my form because <laughs> it's a super high megapixel camera, and any little mistake I made, it just showed up, you know. So I had to, I had to like really get in, and say, okay, Jace, you suck. You got to figure this out. And finally, fortunately, I was able to, you know, kind of figure some of those things out. But yeah, so focusing on your form and and understand those kind of those baseline settings of what you're trying to do help. You know, yeah, people. I didn't even think about squeezing that shutter button. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do a little bit. I tried some star photography. Uh-huh. And of course, it matters there. Oh sure. Yeah. You shouldn't even be pushing a shutter. No. You should be using a remote <laughs> yeah, yeah. for that. So that's yeah. yeah I, I I don't have one. Gotcha. <laughs> I need or a one. timer. A timer. Timer. Yeah. Um, I have that setting. Yeah. I didn't figure that out until afterwards, though. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, are you using a shutter button a lot? Uh, I like do. Like a remote? Uh, well, if I'm doing any kind of landscape stuff, I like to. 
I don't like to use a timer if I can avoid it even. You know, I have a remote shutter that I use, and that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, there's a mirror up mode on a lot of the DSLRs. It helps a lot, too, because when your mirror moves, it moves a little bit in the camera. The camera will move. Oh, so, yeah, just um, using a remote shutter helps quite a bit. And obviously on a tripod, solid, yeah. not a little flimsy thing because if you don't have a good base, you know, you're just you're still going to have camera movement. I even noticed, and this is probably super obvious to you, but yeah. taking, taking pictures of elk in Estes Park, sometimes you don't even have to get out of the truck. Yeah. Using the truck as a tripod. Yeah. If you don't shut it off, it's still shaking. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So. And you, the thing that a lot of people, I, I don't like to shoot my vehicle if I can avoid it. I yeah. just, I'm not a fan just because I've had a lot of bad experiences where, you know, even in the fall, you can get heat waves coming out from the engine. Oh, okay. And that'll blur your photos worse than anything. And, and there's yeah. even times when, like, out in the field, like I was shooting bears last spring, and I was getting blurry images, and I was like, what is going on with my gear? And I finally realized what it was is because I was the bears were low enough to the sagebrush, like shooting a moose or something, you don't get it. But the bears were low enough to the sagebrush that there was heat coming off of the sagebrush. And so that those, all those heat waves were impacting my images, you know. That's interesting. So uh, all those things play into it, you know. You just never know. you got to be, even when you're super close, you can have that kind of yeah. interference that causes problems. So Do you ever use the heat waves as kind of an effect? You know, I never have it. No, I never. I mean, I, I'm sure there's opportunities for it, but I've, it always drives me nuts. So I'm like, <laughs> I try to avoid it if I can. But yeah. I wonder if like some of the guys who are shooting really in the desert are kind of using that almost the way you use like the elk breath, you know? Sure. Oh, I'm sure. I've actually, I've probably seen some, you know, you can see like on a road or something, yeah. you can see the heat on the road. You're looking that. for yeah. that almost. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think if you're being artistic, you could actually use it to your advantage, but... That's something I try to avoid. Not, yeah, I'm not not gone there yet. I haven't gone there yet. Yeah, <laughs> but what's uh what's your dream photography trip? If you could go anywhere and photograph anything, you know that's a tough one. I right now my big thing is I want to go chase uh, bears. Um, you know Alaskan bears. You yeah. know just the big old um, salmon chasing. Yeah. You know, whatever. I just think that would be fun, and I know it's been done a bunch, and a lot of guys are doing it. And but you know, that and polar bears are the two that are kind of that'd be kind of cool. That wow. would just be a fun experience. And that would add a whole nother degree of difficulty, like the the weather, cold weather. Sure, well, sure. On your gear, absolutely. Wow. And a lot of guys. You know, I don't. We were almost. I thought we were going to go there earlier, but a lot of guys don't realize that, like shooting in the winter, it's actually you're better off to leave your gear in the car or out in the environment that you're going to be shooting in um, to let your gear stay acclimated to the... Th because what happens is you'll go into a, a nice warm cabin and then your gear gets all warmed up and then you go outside and it hits that cold and going from the warm to the cold, it can cause issues with, you know, things fogging up and whatever, right? Yeah. You know, electronics getting moisture in them and things like that, mm -hmm. so... You have man. a problem with cold and batteries? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's no different, you know, any other battery. It's... Yeah. Uh, Cold can be really hard on batteries for sure. So keeping those warm, keeping those warm gear, helps for sure. The gear acclimated to where you're exactly interesting. Yeah, you want to keep your batteries warm for that's a good point. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah. want to leave that out there. But you've kind of touched on it a little bit. But I'm a, you do a little bit of video stuff too. I've just started a little bit. Yeah, yeah I mean I've had some guys ask, you know, hey, awesome photography. Do you do you have any video? You know, I'm like, well, no, not really. You know, so I just realized that hey, I'm out there. Yeah, I'm doing the photos. If I get my photos done. You know, I'll take five, ten minutes to get some video. It's not going to hurt anything, you know, so. But that's kind of second to the photos. That's uh, for sure second. 
right now anyways yeah. I mean, who knows where this will go right yeah maybe at some point i end up being a another rabbit hole i don't know but <laughs> yeah right now that's my passion is the photos and cool. the video is cool but it just doesn't do it for me i love the challenge of trying to capture that moment you know and having everything be right the eyes with the catch light the you know the face the facial features whatever having everything be just right is tough to do yeah and it's almost it's kind of it's almost discouraging to me where technology's going with the video stuff where they've got this 8k and they've got this super super slow motion you know like 400 frames per second type crap where you can literally just take a screen grab and you can pick exactly the moment you want and you can make a, a nice picture out of that Taking the challenge because the quality is so there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's you know, it's the a little disheartening to me, yeah. you know. I mean, it's going to be there. It's going to be where you can just shoot video at super slow-mo and pick out whatever you want at a high enough resolution that it can make great prints. Hmm. You know, so I, I don't know. To me, yeah, I don't want to go there. I don't, you know, and eventually it's going to go there. But, you know, I, I like the challenge of trying to capture that, you know, that image in real life as it's happening without doing a screen grab or something. But. Do you do any... Uh any film photography or are you no, strictly digital? No, I'm strictly digital. I didn't come up in the in the okay. film world, you know. That's probably what allowed me to get into it, to be quite honest, because yeah. if it was film, <laughs> I mean, those, the guys that shot film, you know, they, they it you was expensive stuff. and they had to know a whole bunch of other stuff, right? Wow. I mean, it's a whole other ball game for sure. But I, I took a photography class when I was going through college. I uh -huh. needed to fill some credits. And I was like, hey, photography, this is cool. So, yeah, they that's... The first half of the class, they would not let us touch a digital camera. He's like, you need to understand light. Yeah. You need to understand aperture, how your shutter works, all this. And yep. so first half of the class was all film, and we did black and white. Oh, wow, yeah. That was tough. Yeah, yeah. I bet. But I've I had got a lot of fun. Dale Evans, Russell yeah. Soul, he, he's actually up at MS Montana State right yeah. now in a photography degree. He's just getting ready to graduate, but it's been fun yeah. talking to him a lot about you know those classes now. I think he had a very one very similar where he had, it was all black and white, all film, and you know he and it, he's told me you know absolutely taught him a lot about you made know, me work absolutely. I didn't realize because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's like not a gimme class. You you get a digital <laughs> camera and and if there's a lot of settings on there, you can just select oh a landscape. There's a mountain. All right, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, sports. Right. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, it opened my eyes up a lot and it it did help me. Um, I need yeah. to revisit a lot of that. Yeah. I've forgotten some, but yeah, I have a a cousin who shoots almost exclusively film, mm -hmm. and she just got into it as a hobbyist. But she's um, quite a, an excellent like wedding photographer now. Okay, and people hire her because it's film and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and so she does just a lot of like candid portrait style stuff. Um, That's cool. In the moment, sort of things, and still doing film. Still doing film. That's cool. She's got my grandpa's old film camera. Um, I don't huh. even know what, what it is, but it's an old. Old something. Yeah. And she, she had it all <laughs> fixed up and, <laughs> and puts film in it. And she understands photography better than I probably ever will because she's oh, Probably film. better than, than me or a lot of the guys that shoot digital, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's something to be said for that for sure. Yeah. We went on a hike with uh, one of our old scoutmasters one time. And we took our digital cameras and hiked back up into this basin. And we we're, it was mostly just a hiking trip, but we did start messing around. There's was, was a high spring runoff year. There's a lot of little creeks and little waterfalls. You know, flowers are blooming. It was perfect little yeah. photography ad adventure. Uh -huh. And he pulled out this ancient camera, and then he even pulled out a light meter. Oh. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And it was really cool. He taught us some things about that, too. I was yeah. like, 
Wow. Like some of the first photography gear, these guys had to Well, you know had to know. Stuff. You had to know with the light meter, right? You had yeah. to know what ISO film you were going to shoot. Yeah. Right? And you were stuck with that <laughs> roll of film until yeah. you were done. Yep. You know, and you got 24 exposures, 36, whatever it was. And then you didn't need to get to see what you got until right. two, three days later <laughs> yeah. when you got it fo developed. And that cost you an arm and a leg to get it developed. Yeah, you know? it was a challenge. So it was a whole other game, right? Come yeah. a long ways. I, and I get why the, the film guys would look at us and go, yeah, you guys are spoiled, man. Yeah. You guys have no idea, you know, because we don't, you know. But. What do you do for file management? Um, we do a lot of video and for YouTube and stuff and taking photos. And, and I've just got these hard drives packed full of stuff. And yep. So I have a hard time deleting things. Yeah. So there's there's crap like there's blurry stuff and I'm like uh, I'm just gonna hang on. So I like file <laughs> all this into a, a folder on a hard drive. Like what do you do for file management and yeah. do you delete stuff? I'm I do. Curious. I do. I actually have some friends that don't. They won't delete anything. They will take you know 2,000 images on a day and they'll keep every single image, and it blows my mind. I just I just I go through all my garbage and I delete it. Um, so like on a trip, like for example, if I take 2,000 images, yeah. I might delete 1,500 of them, um, and then I, you know, I'm so I'm kind of trying to keep the cream of the crop, mm -hmm. and then I, of those I might edit 30 to 40 of them or something, and of those you might see two or three on my page maybe at some point maybe, you know so just to kind of give you a feel for you know the yeah. ratio of what takes to get the stuff that I think's worth you know sharing. But um, so as far as file management goes, I'll delete all that stuff and I keep them on hard drives. I used to do like a hard drive per year. I would do like a one terabyte hard drive and that would usually get me through a year. And then I'd, I'd buy two drives though, so one's a backup. And then I would just load my files on there, I'd do my editing and I'd back it up to the other one. And then, and so now I'm at a point where I, I just bought two four terabyte hard drives for this year. And that'll probably get me through a couple years, actually. Yeah. And I'll just leave. I'll just use those two drives for the two-year period or whatever. But that's just kind of how I do it. Um, and it's in folders based off of where I go, and then by date. Gotcha. It's kind of how it does it. That's you know? how I started, and it seemed to help me. You know, I could remember a trip and be like, at least like, I took a photo on that trip. I Correct. Knew where to go look. And and what worries me is as I get more and more of those hard drives, I'm gonna have a harder and harder time remembering Which what year, year did I take that photo in, right? But you almost need to create like an index. Well, the nice the nice thing about white or white Lightroom is that's what I use, and okay. Lightroom that's what it's made for, right? And I've just got to get better as I'm loading my images to tag them with certain tags. Like I can tag Elk Rut 2019 on all my Elk Rut photos. And then, and then if I know I took that photo in 2019, I can just go back and in Lightroom, I can just type in search Elk Rut 2019, and any photo that's tagged that will come up. Gotcha. So, so it it's made to help you sort through your photos and yeah. find things quickly. Gotcha. So it's, it's, but I'm not, I'm, I'm bad about it. I need to get better because it just takes time. Yeah. But when you're, when you're doing that, you've got to take the time to tag those photos with the right keywords. And that's the hardest thing for me. Sometimes I do everything last minute, and I'm like, I'll yep. do this later, and it yep. never happens. Exactly. So you have to be disciplined. Correct. You have to. You've got to, a you've got to start consistent a consistent yep. workflow that you can stick with and be disciplined about. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not there either. I'm <laughs> terrible. So. Life's busy, man. Yeah. It, it's hard to be perfect at it. Yep. There's so yeah. many other things you have to try well, to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm so behind on editing. It's just crazy. I've got a backlog that's killing me. And I hate it. This is the first year I've ever had an issue with it, and I've got I just keep going out and shooting, and I'm not <laughs> taking the time to edit. You know, it's like, ugh. Uh, but, it can be daunting. Yeah. I have a question about editing. Sure. Unless you got no something else. Um, so you're talking about logging 
organizing stuff here mm -hmm. and then deleting things, what, what are you looking for in a photo that you decide this is the one I'm going to edit? And then how much are you adjusting these photos? So that's, that's a good question. Um, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah. It really just depends on the shoot and the situation. But I'm always look, trying to look for, you know, I, did I get, depending, you know, sometimes I want eye contact, sometimes I don't. But I always want to see the eyes on, a, on an animal. Mm -hmm. And I always want to make sure the eyes are sharp. That, to me, that is, like, critical. You can get away with a lot of other things on an image, but if those eyes aren't sharp and they're not in focus, you, I mean, it's, a gar it's in the garbage. It's just no That's good. That's a good tip. I'm just, I just, it's done. Um, and then I'm looking for all kinds of other things, you know, like body, the, the posture, the situation. You know, I might take a burst of, you know, 12 images, mm -hmm. and in that 12 images, I'm, I might keep, you know, four or five of those, but I'm looking for that one that I want to edit. So and you're that shooting one, in bursts? Uh, sometimes, absolutely, yeah. I mean, not all the time, and I try to be selective, but mm -hmm. when, you know, a bull's going off bugling, you know, I'm, you know, I'm rip, letting it rip because you just never know that, you know, right sequence and when yeah. his ears are positioned right and you know the heads at the right angle that you can see all the tines and you know a lot of guys don't think a lot about that kind of stuff and thinking about what's in your background as you're doing that you know and there's times when you can get uh, you think you got a great image and then there's a tree in the background that's coming right out of the top of his head or something it just looks funny. and it's like yeah it looks it just <laughs> doesn't work you know and so yeah. you got yeah you know you learn to be more aware of all those kind of things as you're out in the field and trying to compose even though it's a wild animal, you can you can get yourself positioned where the light's good and you got a good background and you know, and that's always the challenge, right? So then, but then in post, you know, looking for those kind of things, is uh, you know, it's kind of the trick, I guess. And yeah. and then I'm and I'm looking for that one that I want to edit that you know is is the one out of that sequence or whatever. Gotcha. So, and then how much are you? I guess this is probably very subjective too, but sure. how, how much are you typically adjusting a photo? Oh, sorry, yeah. So the second part of that question. Um, so I, I've really tried to be the guy that's trying to nail my exposure in camera as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And if I do that and I get it nailed, which I'm not real good at, <laughs> then I can, it makes my editing job a whole lot easier. Because then all I'm doing is just maybe adjusting some highlights a little bit, some contrast, a little bit of saturation, whatever. Maybe you sharpen a little bit. And it makes it super easy to, to edit that photo. Gotcha. And when I miss it, is, and, I, and that's a photo I want to keep, those are the ones that end up working for half hour, 45 minutes mm -hmm. or something, you know, because I really like the photo, but I missed it so bad that it's, it's taken me a lot of work to, to get it where I think it's worth, right. you know, sharing or something. So, yeah, to me, that's the key is hitting that exposure right, trying to get as right as you can in camera, and then it makes your post process a whole lot easier. Yeah. I, I'm curious in that because I'll take photos that I'm like, oh, that was great and everything, and then I go back and look through them, and they seem almost flat sure um and then you know you watch a lot of youtube stuff the old youtube university thing and yep and there are guys editing stuff and, and they'll take a flat photo what i'm calling flat i don't know if there's a better term for that or not but sure. everything just looks kind of bland you have no depth of field not necessarily depth of field or anything but just everything looks yeah you don't have the same contrast color. you don't have the color yeah. you don't have the yeah, yeah. I think, like uh, i see it. yeah yeah, yeah. And then the guys, guys will be showing you how to use a certain software or something, Lightroom mm -hmm. most often, and yeah. um, how just how to bring the subject out and, and bring, without making it look too over the top. Sure. And then in other cases, some guys take a totally 
like I don't, add like a different sky to the whole thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's so subjective. It's weird. So and it's really a, it's a matter of. So one of the things that it, I don't know, I think I take it as a compliment, but that guys will tell me they can see an image of mine and know it's mine before they know it's me. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've, so yeah, you can tell. It's it's and, that, and that's interesting to me, right? Because I I think my images look a lot like some of the others, and I try not to make them. I you know I'm trying to not have it look like the other guys, right? right? Yeah. But so I'm, that must mean that my editing style, whatever I'm yeah. doing, mm-hmm. there's enough of a difference, and I have enough of a style that people recognize it, right? Um, but but that's come over a lot of years of just trying different things and you know what works and what doesn't and and I try to try new things you know yeah. um, and mix it up a little bit but there's I definitely know I have a style and and so do all my friends you know you can, yeah. I can tell I can tell my buddy's images pretty quick without knowing it's theirs you know just because I've seen enough of them and I and I kind of know their style so but that's the thing that's the beauty of it too yeah. is the post process part is really the art side of it mm-hmm. you know it's really you can go as extreme or over the board as you want. And I'm a guy that tries, I really try to make it as, you know, yes, I want it saturated. Yes, I want it to look colorful and all that. Mm-hmm. But I want it to also look like it's something that you think you could have really seen. Right, yeah. Right? It might be vivid. It might be whatever. But you're going to feel like, no, that's a that's a real, you know, that happened. That's real. Mm-hmm. You're trying to it's recreate not what your eye was seeing. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And and I'm, like I said, I you know, I, I might make it a little more dramatic, you know, if yeah. I can, right? Like, like that bull photo that we were just talking about, yeah. the, the dark background and that. Did, you know, if I left it like the raw image, you could have seen some of the background more. You could have seen some of the trees and stuff like that. So I did darken the background some more. Yeah. But but beyond that, that was you know, what, what what really happened, how it really unfolded. Right. So I you know I try to do some of that and I try to keep it as real as I can. And but at the same time, I have a problem like if there was a branch in front of an elk's chest that just made it look bad. I don't have any problem taking that out, you know what I mean? So yeah. so I play both sides a little bit, you know. I'm I'm not a purist in the sense that, you know, I'm not afraid to take out some things that have, that are annoying or in the way or whatever that distract from the image, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know guys that that won't they won't do that stuff, but you know, teach their own. Interesting. That's that's just the me. The beauty so, of it all. Yep, exactly. Cool. Yeah. There's a just speaking about like how artistic it can be to do post stuff to a photo. Yeah. Um you probably know this girl, uh, she's from Colorado. Her name's, uh, I just lost it. Brooke Little Bear. That's who it is. Yep. Brooke. Yep. <laughs> she's amazing. Brooke Bartleson. Yeah, she's amazing. Yep. Um, That's her Instagram, by the way. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Little Bear is her yeah. Instagram. Everyone yeah. wants to go see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never met her, but yeah, she's she's not too far from where I'm at, but she two things. She's yep. very opportunistic, which yep. you mentioned earlier. Yep. Um, with some foxes that are in the area. Mm-hmm. And she's got some amazing fox photos. She does. And some of them are, there's one in particular that she's got. Um, this really close up of this fox face, yep. and then the whole background is just white. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Great, right? Yeah, but yeah, I like her editing yeah. style, and she's a little bit more of the, you know, kind of the I wouldn't say extreme, but she really, you know, she really saturates and really, get, you know, and it's a style. Yeah, it's and a it, style. And, it's, and I love it. It's awesome. You yeah, know what I mean? oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, photos. yeah. So is a lot is more of that post stuff, or is she doing a lot of that <laughs> sort of high contrast stuff? as she's shooting that, you know? that's a good question i mean i don't know if i could answer that for her other right, than right. That just to know that kind of what i see in my photos to know that she probably is doing a lot of that in post um but it's it might be part of how she's doing her settings too as she's capturing the image because right. i know for a fact like there's been times when i might try to recreate an image i've seen mm-hmm. and and just the situation didn't allow for it right the lighting i was in or whatever you can't just go out and recreate that fox image that no, she has you can't do trust it. me you know, no. it, unless the conditions are right. 
So, so that's the other side of it, right, is understanding the conditions, understanding your settings in those conditions right. to know what you want to do in post. All that starts to play together. Mm -hmm. and, and at first, you're just doing out taking images, and then you do what you can in post. But then you start to realize that you, you're, you know, that database you're talking about in your brain starts to pick up like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this unfold. And with these conditions, I know what I can do in post with that. This is going to be cool. Right. You know what I mean? So you can start, that yeah. starts to kind of come together a the little bit The whole artistic more, eye starts coming in, in the field, knowing what you can do later. Correct. And, and you know, kind of knowing ahead of time what you, what you want to capture. Right. You know, you have in your mind kind of an idea of what you're looking for while you're out there instead of just, you know, winging it so to speak yeah. and just hoping you get something mm -hmm. you know so i think with you talking about your style too i was thinking that that also i'm sure comes from the way that you frame a photo your, your, yeah, your, yes. your style comes from the you setting up for a shot all the way through post i see what you're saying yeah, yeah. the way it's composed and then exactly, everything yeah. yeah yeah and i wish i could take credit for composing property all the time but a lot of times those are those are crops you know what i mean so sure yeah and you know, i crop it in post afterwards and sometimes just the nature of the beast you know when the bull's running at you bugling you're just you know you're centered on and just ripping trying to make sure you catch your him in focus mm -hmm. and then you hopefully you can do some things in post to crop it differently or whatever but yeah. but yeah i i try to do more of that you know out in the field mm -hmm. where i'm 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 composing an image more than i'm just taking images right. you know and so yeah that's yeah. that's more of a challenge it's not perfect every time i know but even yeah. the way that like i'll i'll see like mccade and i'd be taking a shot of the same bowl or something uh -huh. and the way that i see it and the way that i want a photo to turn out is different than the way he wants it to turn sure, out sure absolutely and so that's where yeah. it starts i think oh yeah we talk about it my that. buddies and i talk about all the time we've been standing right next to each other before and Two taking totally the same stinking bowl image and completely you would never know we were standing other than it's the same bowl yeah you'd never know we were standing next to each other because our styles the way we compose everything is so much different yeah that we literally looks like a different image you know so and then there's times when it looks identical <laughs> right you right know? we had the exact same thing in mind so yeah. it's you know it's kind of fun but yeah yeah <laughs> You got any other questions? I've got one. I have so many, but... <laughs> I've got yeah. a closer, so yeah, I, I don't want to do that until you're done. No. No, I think we're going to have to have you back on That'd sometime. be fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fun. Let's let's go with your question, My, my closer is, uh, who, who have been some of your inspirations? Um, who do you kind of look up one. to, and who do you draw inspiration from? That's a good question. Um, yeah, so one of the one of the ones that's been a long time. I mentioned him earlier, but it was you know Harlan Cooper's been a big inspiration for me. Mm -hmm. When before I even picked up a camera, I was you know kind of following his work and you know just loved his images and and it's kind of a funny story. I, I kind of was fanboying a little bit back when he actually came up to me a few years ago at the Hunt Expo and introduced himself. And when he said, "Hey, you Jason? Yeah, you know I'm Harlan Cooper," and I was like, "Harlan Cooper." <laughs> holy crap, dude, I love you, you know, and so I felt like a little, felt like a little <laughs> kid, like, oh, man, this is amazing, I'm meeting, you know, my idols, so yeah. to speak, right, from a photography standpoint, so anyways, we've become really good friends, and, you know, I've been fortunate that way to be able to have him as a friend, and to be able to get out in the field with, you know, who I would consider my idol That's cool. to, to photograph with, That's you great. know, so it's been, it's been pretty cool, so I owe him a lot, I owe a lot of guys a lot, that's the thing, you know, I've got a, the one cool thing about the photography thing is I have made a ton of really cool friends, and met a lot of neat people in the field and with photography. And, I mean, I'd hate to sit here and try to list them all because I'll, I'll know I'll forget a couple, right? right but, yeah. you know, I've just met so many people and made some amazing friendships that I treasure 
you know, just through this photography thing. So that's cool. And and I stay in touch with quite a few of them in different scenarios. You know, some of them for, from the hunting side, some of them from just you know, the love of wildlife side, some of them from the photography side. You know, yeah. so that's the one cool thing about I'd say about like Instagram and you know some of the social media stuff and just doing this is you know it's a lot like that. You feel like you're kind of part of a family. You know, in, in the hunting world, and you feel like you're kind of part of a family in the photography world too. Yeah. You know, so making connections, and correct, networking. correct, yeah. yeah. And it's 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 pretty it's pretty neat, pretty powerful. You know, I I really am so against all the clicks that I see. You mm-hmm. know, in the in the hunting world, and they're there in the photography world too. Are they? You know, oh, absolutely, right. You know, I like you can't you can't be a wildlife photographer and be a hunter apparently. Because if you are, then you're really not a conservationist, right? In certain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then you're not the guy that's going to end up being with Discovery or with uh, BBC Wild. Because how can you be a photographer and love animals if you're a hunter, right? You know. So you see, you see a lot of that stuff going on. But I don't care. I'm going to be me. And if I can't be accepted in that, that's fine. That's that's their deal, right? You know. So I don't care. I'm not going to change who I am to try to be recognized by some other, you know. like discovery for yeah. example or whatever right just so. change who you are to make friends you don't even like correct right exactly <laughs> yeah. what do i even want to be a part of that right that so whatever yeah. so but you know you see that and it's it, to me that's too bad yeah it's really too bad and i see it, it in the hunting industry and i see some guys out there trying to change that you know what i mean mm-hmm. i see them trying to you know like, but there's enough room for all of us you know if, even if you're in the industry to make money there's enough room for all of us to be here and to get along and to be you know friends with each other and to you know to be able to still have a have a um a business with this or whatever you decide you want to do with it right you know so i don't know I, it's that's been on my mind a lot lately so yeah. it just kind of just kind of came out but yeah so yeah a lot of guys that i just really look up to that i and i learned a lot from and and the, even if they don't know it i learn a lot from them you know i really do i i mean I, I got so many good buddies and you know there's kind of a tight little knit group of us that shoot a lot together but you know, and if they don't know it, you know, I do. I learn a lot from them all the time, you know, so. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know anything, man. I know very little, <laughs> and I try to be with people that can, you know, help me be better. You yeah. know what I mean? So Always try to be a student, right? Absolutely. Always teach when you can. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, we really appreciate you taking some time out yeah. and then talking with us, Jason. Yeah, uh, man, I appreciate yeah. the opportunity. It's been nice, guys. Love your work. You're on Instagram, yep. Untamed Images by JL. Correct. Um, yep. Do you have Facebook? a website? I do have a website, okay. uh, untamed, the same website. Okay. Um, it's not as up to date as I'd like, to be honest. Uh, I've got some crappy internet at the house, so <laughs> it takes me like an hour to upload one image. So yeah, we're familiar with the crappy internet. I'm working on that, yeah. but you know, but for now, the best place is my Instagram and Facebook. Do you sell prints? I do. Yeah. How yeah. can people buy those? Um, you can get them on my website if you like, but I, like I said, I haven't kept that up to date. So okay. if you see something on my, on my page that you like. Feel free to you know direct message me or yeah. private message whatever you know format Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Get a hold of me. Tell yeah. me what you'd like and uh, I'll take care of you. Yeah. Cool. So. Awesome. It's right. been awesome, man. Thanks. It's nice again. to meet you guys. Yeah. Here. Nice to meet you. Appreciate the opportunity, man. Really appreciate you coming by. It's yeah. Been fantastic. Sure. And I'd love to do it again. So just yeah. Holler at me. Let us get some experience under our belt this year. <laughs> I, I do yeah. want to step up my photography game. Me I've, too. I've really slacked off since I left college. Work yeah. got in the way, and I, I came up with excuses. And like I said, I, yeah. when I'm out there hunting, I'm like, this is why I'm here. Photo- the photos can wait. But I I want to integrate that more into my hunting. Yeah. I well, want to remember it. So yeah. to end real quick, right, yeah. to your point, I get asked that kind of quite a bit too. Do you hunt and photograph at the same time? And I find that hard. It's hard. It is hard. Like I'm either in kill mode or photo mode, right? You know, so 
to that point, and that's not an easy thing to do. It isn't. And so, you know, I always have a camera with me mm-hmm. for landscape and stuff, but when I'm focused on killing, it's yeah. that's the different, you know, it's a different Definitely. ball game. But anyways, yeah. Well, we so. have some opportunities, I think, where one tag holder can be out going and yeah, the other pack it. mule can be. Yeah, yeah. We'll, be, we'll be slightly offset on tags this year. So, yeah. 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 Should work out. That works out good, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's actually kind of fun to try to do some images with that you know mm-hmm. telling a story with photography is, is a fun challenge yeah so. yeah but for sure yeah. real quick too i heard a quote a while back yeah probably familiar with it but the best camera that you'll ever have yeah. is the camera that you're going to yeah. use yeah well, yeah. It's in yeah. Your hand. yeah that's why the whole cell phone thing has become such a big deal right yeah you know and and uh you know there's a lot of folks that think they're photographers with a with a cell phone but i'll be honest there's times i've used my cell phone i was just gonna ask well do you ever use it? i have <laughs> It's I, frustrating when the, the iPhone takes a better picture than I can with my DSLR. <laughs> That's frustrating. <laughs> you know, they've come a long way. They're amazing. Yeah. And they really have. I mean, I just saw an advertisement for one of the new, I don't know which one it is, but one of the new phones. It's not the iPhone, but it has that feature where you can actually, like, fade out the background and bring the background into focus. What? It, it's crazy. You take what? the image, and then you can literally change the background. You it's, kind of adjust yeah, sort of like a fake your bokeh, like your, your bokeh. bokeh. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, you know, it's just like, wow, that's just crazy. But, yeah, so that's anyways. Nice. All right, well, check Jason out on Instagram, Facebook. Look at his website and follow this guy. He's got some amazing stuff. Well, thanks, guys. And fantastic. hopefully you've learned a thing or two because we definitely have. Uh, well, and gain some inspiration. <laughs> yeah, get, get out and shoot. Get yeah. out and shoot, absolutely. Yeah. So. Okay. Thanks, Great. guys. Thanks, thanks Jason. Jason. Okay.